Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, April 7, 2022. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 444 of the Biden-Harris administration, 213 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram, the Bob Seska is my handle. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. And sitting right over there is the Goth Ninja. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast. Complete with sketch comedy, too. Patreon.com slash From the Bunker. And also, she's from the Stephanie Miller Show, stephaniemiller.com. And sitting next to her is David Ferguson. We call him T-Rex. His music project is Astral Summer. Find them at astralsummer.bandcamp.com. So, uh, we're all still in shock, reeling uh, from the loss of Eric Bollert. And uh, just starting things off here today, we're going to spend a little time talking about Eric, of course. Getting that news yesterday. Of all the people I thought that would go, the last person would be Eric Bollert. It was such a bizarre moment yesterday because we were getting ready to record the show. Travis and I were going to talk comic book movies for the hour. And right as we were getting ready to record, Stephanie called Travis and told him that Eric had died. And when Travis said it out loud... I like I openly screamed and was like, what? Because you don't ever expect to hear that. You know, you don't ever expect Eric to not be on that wall, watchdogging the media, watchdogging the Republicans and to suddenly be faced with the loss of such an important voice in all of this was something I'm still trying to come to terms with. I can't even imagine People who knew him far better than I ever did and how they're processing all of this. Uh, I I do want to say here before we continue on, and I want to get both of your thoughts on all of this, Jody and David. Stephanie's show today was such wonderful therapy. Of course, it was sad, but there were things about today's show that were so important to, uh, to cover, so important to talk about. Some laughs in there, too, and I think Eric would have appreciated those laughs, whether they were coming from Charlie Pierce or Rude Pundit or Dana Goldberg or the main cast of the show. Jody, you and Chris and Travis performed such an important uh, duty for Stephanie, I think, too, today, being there and being attentive and 
presenting all of those sound bites and clips of Eric from past appearances. Just uh, outstanding work uh, all around on that show. I mean, one for the you know one for the vault, one for the time capsule today uh, for sure. So, uh, Jody, how are you feeling at this point? You talked to him uh, on Monday. Uh, I talked to him uh, Monday before last, this, and that was uh, oh Monday, Monday before left. last. Okay, yeah, right, it right. was on the fourth. Uh, I what's no on the twenty eighth. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I spoke with him on the twenty eighth. And he dropped a shit bomb on the show. So. Oh, that's right. that's right. I wonder if that, that had been the fun. first time he ever did that. Was that the first? Is it clear to the listener that we do not mean that he actually took a dump? No, he no, did not. He said shit, he and said poor shit. Chris had, and we were already having issues with cameras that morning, and Chris was running cameras and the board because Travis was gone, and Stephanie was still seeing her mother, mm-hmm. and so I was sitting in the host chair trying to help Chris with the cameras as much as I could before the show which didn't work out so well. And, um, uh, and so Eric, you know, let me, let me preface this with the first time I hosted for Stephanie on a Monday. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect Eric to call to, to be there Yeah. because you know, I'm not Stephanie. Right. And a lot of people don't do that when she's not there and it's completely and utterly understandable. I understand that. Mm -hmm. And no, he's like, no, it's okay. So, he gets on there, and I think it was on the phone the first time I talked to him, and <laughs> he had just friended me on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for friending me on Facebook. I'm just fangirling out. And he's like, of course I would, you know. And yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he was just um, – I didn't know him very well, obviously, uh, but I read him. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, he was an amazing – I just turned a friend of mine on to him that's a – he thinks he's a libertarian, but he's not. Um, <laughs> your friend thinks he's a libertarian, or your friend he, thinks he Eric's isn't. A liber- okay, no, he it. thinks he, he thinks he is. My friend thinks he is. Oh, uh, okay. My friend thinks my friend is. There we go. Gotcha. Get the pronouns right, Hamilton. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> and so I turned him on to Eric. I said, "You need to read this man." Yeah. Uh, because he points out stuff that maybe you're not aware of mm-hmm, because of right. the news that you ingest, like all of us ingest. In fact, the New York Times, fuck them. Um, <laughs> Jesus. When they wrote about Eric yesterday, which I was like, good, he's in the New York Times, he's in the Washington, I didn't read the Post, but well, good, you know, I mean, good for them. Him. Good for them for mentioning yes. Eric, because that shows at least a little bit of respect. Uh, they given did. Given the fact that he spent a lot of time criticizing them. Yes, yes, but in the article, <laughs> as yeah. I read it yesterday, Uh-oh. He used to work for Media Matters, the left-leaning. And I'm like, really, fuckers? This is exactly what he would point out to you. Mm. Media Matters just points out shit. They're yeah. not left or right. They just point shit out. Exactly. And so fuck you for, yes, thank you for doing that to him. But then pointing that bullshit out, that's what he would point out. Yes, exactly. If Eric were writing about that article, that's something that he would cover extensively. He'd be like, really? Yeah, you know, yeah. fuck you. You know, take and, a flamethrower to it. But I, I told you guys this, and, and hopefully I won't cry again, but so... All morning, as soon as I heard the Madonna song, Madonna made me cry oh, this morning. Yeah, yeah. And that not for the wrong. normal reasons. Um, it was a song where the word goodbye was in it. I don't know. I will remember. Was that? Power That's goodbye. It. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And yeah. so Chris had that as, the, it was beautiful, and he had some funny stuff with Eric, and it was lovely. But I, mm-hmm. I walk in this morning, and, and there's Madonna, and I burst into tears. Oh, yeah, yeah. And not for all the normal reasons that one would burst into tears hearing Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, 
I come home from Stephanie's and and poor Steve Austin just was clawing at Stephanie's the door dog. When I yeah, left. yeah, yeah, and he's just a, he's a sweet pea, and because of Jamie, so there was that this week, and so I get home and Lonnie's like, "Are you okay? I changed the litter in the cat's litter box for you because I figured you had a lot on your mind." And I was like, "Thank you." And I was trying to get out of here so that I could walk because it's a bazillion degrees. It's we're practically on the sun here in Los Angeles today. <laughs> And I wanted to leave and come back and be done. And as I was turning to leave, I stepped on my cat's paw. Oh, no. And so normally. And they make that terrible sound. Right, right. Exactly, right. 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 And so she takes off. And I'm like, baby, I'm sorry I hurt you. And then I just burst into tears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because now I've hurt my cat. And and all of this came, you know, all just came right out with losing Jamie, Stephanie's dog, yeah. and and Eric learning about Eric on the same day. Mm-hmm. And David was the person that told me about Eric because I was on my walkabout, and then Stephanie called right after. Right, right. And 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 so I'm like, I'm I burst into like serious crying and Lonnie goes she's gonna be okay he's like are you okay? and then he called he texted me goes she's fine she's purring everything's fine hmm. and then I still cried for a good 10 minutes on my walk yeah it was uh, a lot it was a lot yesterday wasn't it, it I mean it was it was just insane it was like of like you said of all people someone who was so admired someone who yeah. we relied on so yeah. much and that's the thing that keeps occurring to me. Eric was so goddamn consistent. You yeah. always knew, okay, this story is happening in the press. They're miscovering this. What does Eric have to say? Couple of clicks, and there it is. Right. You never had to worry about him uh, flaking out. You never had to worry about him going way off the rails. And we've seen so many bloggers and voices on the left go off the rails or abandon the thing entirely. He never did that. David, you know, blogosphere 1.0, he goes all the way back to that era. I mean, after, uh, billboard after rolling stone he really established himself during the bush administration and that's where i think you and i first discovered him right yeah i met him at netroots nation in 2006 yeah there it is and i was having bad imposter syndrome because i just like hmm. all these people have backgrounds in journalism and all these people have or went to yale or georgetown or whatever and i you know yeah. went to a state school i majored in english i don't have like connections Mm-hmm. And I was feeling really, really alienated. And I went to the Media Matters room during a breakout session. Um, and uh, I'm sorry. Oh, take your time, man. I came in the door and this huge, handsome man goes, T-Rex! And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And gave me a big hug and... That was him, you know, like Mm -hmm. he like there were definitely times in early blogosphere 101 where I felt like I didn't belong and I felt like everyone was out to get me. I know the feeling. I I was very much the creature that I've always been. I was swearing (laughs) and, you know, saying all kinds of off color shit. And there were people who were like, you're ruining this for the rest of us. We're trying to get taken (laughs) seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And Eric, um, we had some talks back then and he was just like, you are so important. I'm sorry. It's it's so coincidental, or maybe it's just a product of who he was, but David, that's my story with Eric as well. Eric legitimized me as a voice in that particular part of the movement at a time when I was doing a lot of cartoons and I was only doing blogging in my spare time. 
and kind of transitioning into covering politics as a full-timer, so to speak. And Eric was one of the first ones to say, okay, well, this guy's got something legitimate to say, so maybe I'll include him in my book. And that was a huge boost of confidence for me. And I think sent the message to other people, people who we worked with, you and I both, uh, and, and sent the message that I had something valuable to add. And I, I certainly understand what you mean by imposter syndrome, too. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was experiencing that as well. But, uh, yeah. There was a time in, when I had set off one of those, like, hysterical fight club like things and the block, you know, or all those like, Oh, let's make a circular firing squad quick. Mm -hmm. And it really like, it felt to me a lot like when I was the weird gay kid on the playground, you know, and everybody would start, you know, simultaneously giving me, it was like, uh, and it really, it felt like that. And everyone, you know, there was very much like, uh, it seems to have kind of – it's not as bad as it used to be, but there was like a thing where there were some uh, quote-unquote feminists who were just like gay men are misogynist, period. And they were like, T-Rex is a misogynist. And I'm just like, what? are you kidding? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, but that was the – you know, and like Eric went out of his way to like quote me in his salon column that week, you know. As nice. Like, and it was a time when I was not popular, mm-hmm. you know, and – um I just, you know, he was just such a fucking mensch. Yeah. Charlie Pierce said it today. He said that Eric Bollert was never shrill. And Charlie admitted to being shrill. I know I have been shrill. I was just shrill five minutes ago on Twitter. (laughs) But that never dissuaded Eric from... I'm not shrill. I'm just a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what uh, was amazing about him. Even though he wasn't shrill, he still gave us the time of day, even though we kind of were. And that's uh, another hallmark to his character and uh, his strength and his... uh, his confidence in what he was doing and to uh, to benefit from his well-deserved clout was uh, was really special. And to have him on the show, I've, I've had him on the show four times. That's when I lost it yesterday. I didn't lose it when I was talking to Travis and we talked for a good half hour uh, about Eric. I lost it when I went to put the show together afterwards and added my first interview with Eric on my Wednesday show. Mm. This is April of 2019, so going back three years. And I was making Eric laugh. He was making me laugh. It was all about his telephone because this is pre-Zoom. So I had him on via telephone, and it was a crappy-sounding telephone. So we were laughing about his Andy Griffith you know, 1950s telephone and how his phone number had the word Klondike in it somehow. And when I, when I heard that segment and I heard him laughing, that's when I lost it. That's when it really hit me like a ton of bricks. God, there's so many different dimensions to this. I, I think about now the way he died. The way he died is so horrible and so shocking and terrifying to me. I said on Stephanie Miller's show this morning, I think Kimberly's going to duct tape me to the bed or something the next time I go for, I'm planning to go for a bike ride. I've never heard of someone getting hit by a, a train while riding a bike. Yeah. I, what a, he had to have had like headphones on. That's maybe. my thought. Yeah. It's the only thing. Oh, I was thinking there might have been a vehicle involved that he got knocked no, off course or something. Or? What, no, it was a train. It was a commuter train. I assume it wasn't piloted. Not that they have time to slow down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems very strange yeah, yeah. to me. Um, so. I mean, some, some folks are being conspiratorial about it. I don't think it's anything uh, no, nefarious. No. I think it was a freak accident. These things do happen sometimes. Uh, there's no way a train like that, and I've been on that train. I've ridden the train into the city from Montclair, from that particular stop before. It's not something that lollygags along. And so this was one of those situations where either he wasn't looking or couldn't hear it or something along those lines. And uh, I, I swear to God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of Eric every time I cross uh, railroad tracks uh, as I'm riding my bike. Uh, uh, and that's just for starters. I, I never in a million years. God, Eric, I thought he, 30 more years we would have At Eric least, Bullard. That's what yeah. I was thinking. yeah. I'm just, I think we're still all grieving. I think we're all still recovering from the shock of this. You could certainly hear it in, in my and Travis's uh, voices yesterday, uh, the level of shock that we were enduring uh, at that news. I can't even imagine what his family is going through at this point. I mean, we sit here and we're, you know, we're in tears and, and we're grieving, but there are people who were far closer to him than we ever were. And uh, and those people are in my thoughts predominantly right now, how his uh, his kids are handling it and how his wife is handling it. Um, You know, even in the context of thinking about uh, Stephanie losing Jamie, uh, her dog, I think about Eric Bollard's dog. I posted a picture of him on, on Instagram. Yeah, with his dog. He loved that dog. Is that dog that dog is probably desperately missing. Well, like, where did Eric go? Well, there was Fern. I think Fern passed away, so he's okay. with Fern. Um, but oh. I don't know about the other ones. So. Okay, all right. Ah, it's uh, it's just heart crushing. It, yeah. it it really really is. I've just I've been thinking a lot about the time that uh, he called me to be part of his book. I just couldn't believe it. I I I so botched that interview. I was so embarrassed. I was a little bit intimidated. Obviously, I wanted to make a good impression because I hadn't really been exposed to any legitimate uh, liberal bloggers at that point, or at least been shared by them or given attention from them. Uh, so when he called me to interview me for his book, I I <laughs> just dropped the ball pathetically to the point where uh-huh. afterwards I was sitting there with flop sweats at my desk going, I got to call him back. We got to redo that. I wonder if he'll do that. I wonder if he'll let me try again. And of course he let me try again. Of course. <laughs> because that's just the kind of nice guy he was. And by the way, I didn't know until today that he was a tall guy. Because I had never, I, know. I, I said on Stephanie's oh, show this he morning. Was, yeah, he was, you guys are actually at similar heights. I think he was like 6'3", six, 6'2". Six, well, he said, he's no, it's 6'4". 6'4". Yeah, which I, I am 6'4". I'm maybe uh, a little more than a quarter inch, maybe around a quarter inch shorter than 6'4". But I'm generally 6'4". But I had never met him. He was a in- really sharp dresser. He had really, I, I was like, are you sure you're straight? Oh, yeah, that's what Rude was saying. Rude was saying that on Stephanie's show this morning, how he would bump into Eric in like the green room at MS or something like that and notice that Eric, cool as a cucumber, sitting there, dressed to the nines, ready to roll, not a care in the world. That's the thing that I wonder. I wonder this about Eric and other people that we know who we admire uh, who have similar attitudes toward their work. I always wonder whether privately he would express 
exhaustion or emotional distress over having to stare into that burning Chernobyl reactor every day, uh, American politics. That's a lot to digest 24-7 for so many years. And I wonder uh, you if... You know, it fueled him. Yeah. I never got the sense that it tortured him. Mm-hmm. I got the sense that it was like, here's my mission, and I am, you know, he would get the marching orders and be like, this yeah. is what they did wrong today, and yeah. start typing. Right. And never, like, if there was doubt, if he ever felt existential despair, I never saw a crack of it in his, mm-hmm. because it really was a mission. Yeah. And we have so few people like that. Um, one of the standard bearers for It many, wasn't about him. Yeah. Because it's like the he's like the polar opposite of Glenn Greenwald, and that he is like it was never about him, mm-hmm. and it was always about the truth. Yeah, I mean, I see people like uh, and, and big deals like uh, John Stewart, for example, visibly expressing exhaustion with American politics. You know, I, I remember distinctly seeing him on the Daily Show, for example, and just raking his fingers <laughs> through his hair and putting his putting his head down on his palm and just. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got to do this every day, and it's uh, it's crushing me. I you never see Eric doing that. You never, ever see him doing that. And that's, that's inspirational. And it's not just nine to five. It's one of those things you both know No, this. it goes all the way. It goes from shore to shore, from waking <laughs> yeah. to sleeping. I mean, it's just like we are yep. absorbing the culture and responding. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that it just it's the way we're made right and we but there are definitely times when i'm like i just don't want to know i don't even i wish i didn't even know who marjorie sporkfoot is yeah. <laughs> right. you know like i just i wish that like she just wasn't in part of my world that i could mm-hmm. be completely happy just like reading fashion magazines and shopping and not thinking about anything serious but i yeah. can't yeah well i uh I wrote about this today in uh, the Banter newsletter. I wrote a piece about Eric, and there was one particular quote that I included about consistency that I think absolutely applies to Eric. This is a quote from Victoria Erickson in uh, her book, Edge of Wonder. And she writes, Consistency is an underappreciated form of intentional magic disguised as a mundane doing. I fucking love that. And Eric possessed that magic. He possessed that level of consistency that seemed on the outside to be effortless. But you knew he was putting lots of thought and it was consuming his time. And he was uh, making an effort to make sure that the message got out in the most concise, non-shrill sort of way. And that was his magic, I think. And we were all better off for it. And I can't help but to think, though, without him, America is going to be a little worse off uh, because he was such a, 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 I keep using this word, he was such a juggernaut for the mission. You know what I mean? I, I hope to an extent someone... And t- I, yeah, but when you would talk to him about it, when, yeah. I, like, when I interviewed him and I was like, you know, it's just, it's, you're amazing. And he would get so uncomfortable. <laughs> he was like, you know, it's like not about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that really is like, I mean, that is one of the huge problems with the personality-driven journalism that we have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where there are people who have made it, have decided like, this is my role, this is my, how I make my money, Glenn Greenwald. And just fuck the truth, fuck your principles, fuck everything except me, 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 me. And it just, 
Mm. Yeah, he wasn't concerned about his brand. Uh, he wasn't uh, worried so much about what's going to get the most attention here, what's going to get the most buzz, the most retweets or shares or whatever. He just did the work. And he did it in a way that was always clear and concise and would knock your socks off. Uh, I really hope someone like Soledad O'Brien takes over the press run newsletter. Yes, I hope so too. She's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Because we need that conscience. We need that, for lack of a better term, we need that Jiminy Cricket holding the press accountable for all of the fuck-ups. And it seems like there's a great coincidence happening. There's a great convergence right now between some awfulness, some real unprecedented awfulness we're getting from the mainstream news right now and the loss of a watchdog like Eric. And I'm talking about CBS News and Mick Mulvaney. I'm talking about the disgusting misconceptions out there about the gas prices and inflation and unemployment and the economy at large. The misinformation circulating the internet, circulating uh, water cooler discussions and so on is obscene how wrong it is. And we can only blame, I mean, certainly Fox News is to blame, certainly characters like Donald Trump are to blame. There were people, members of Congress at the rally over the last weekend talking about how unemployment is at a 40-year high when it's absolutely not. We're at record unemployment numbers right now as far as good, in a good way. And so all of that is there, but the mainstream press, whether we're talking about print press, internet, or cable news, is dropping the ball on this rather than correcting the record and doing it with the sense of urgency. Because they're so fucking scared of yeah. the way that the right wing has has gamed the refs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. To the point that they can't be like, well, you know, Biden's doing a great job. And somebody will go, liberal bias. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. they're like a bunch of kick dogs. <laughs> right, or like, right. You know, like, a bunch of, of crickets in a bucket. Do you, ever, do you know this thing about crickets that if you like put a bunch <laughs> of like crickets in a bucket and put a lid on it, yeah, for about yeah, an hour they will bump their heads, but then after that they won't jump anymore. And even if you take the lid off, they'll stay in the bucket. Wow! Like it's yeah. yeah I had no idea like, that was the case. So they learn. They're, yeah, they're, not doing that anymore. And I just feel like that's what's happened to our our press. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, really, if the right wing takes out a hit on you, you are literally in fear for your life. Yeah. And it's, it's not okay. This is this way, but it also, to me, I just, that, you know, if you are a journalist, you should be committed to telling the truth. Yeah. Right. Whether you like it or not. And if, you know, if, if the Biden administration was fucking up, I would expect them to report that, but they are not, they are like, we have to hand the midterms to the Republicans because that's just how it goes, you know? And it's just, it's, uh, Yeah, there's such fear among certain aspects of the press right now. Certainly, uh, segment producers and editors are deeply concerned about the patina of bias. What's the great Stephen Colbert line? Uh, reality has reality a well-known liberal has a bias. Well-known liberal bias. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the case. And that's you know the genius of Eric Bollert, where you know on the surface you could look at his work and go, man, that guy was a partisan. Oh man, he well, he his whole mission was to promote the Democratic Party. And that wasn't no. the case. He was just reporting the truth. He was por- reporting the reality that should have been reported in the press. 
So uh, that's it. Uh, safe home to Eric Bollert, and we miss him greatly. I think, uh, as I said, the United States, America, press integrity, all the rest of it is going to take a huge hit for the loss of him. I know that the Stephanie Miller show isn't going to be quite the same without him on Mondays. Uh, I think the rest of us, though, pick up the torch and run with it. We just do it for our friend Eric. We need to make Eric Bollert holy candles. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for real. For like, and send them out to all of our friends who are journalists and everything and be like, put this on your writing desk. Yeah. And remember that Eric is watching you. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Sure. I totally agree with that. Something. I mean, it could be a candle. Whatever. Something to remind folks that... Uh, he would look good on a holy candle, though. I mean, yeah. think about it. Like... <laughs> Well, you know, the like Stacey Abrams looks fantastic. I don't know if you've seen the Stacey Abrams holy candles, but they are magnificent. <laughs> I have not. I have not seen those. At least uh, some sort of reminder that integrity matters. Reality matters. What really matters if you're a, a straight news reporter, if you're an editor, if you're a segment producer on a news program on television, what matters is the truth. Okay, well, about 10 years ago, I was uh, buried under so much debt. I remember sleepless nights, the worry, the sense of futility. I was like, how the hell am I going to pay down all of this debt? Well, I took extreme measures to absolve all of that debt, but you don't necessarily have to. All you need is Lightstream. So did you know that refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money? And you don't have to be a financial expert to do it. Here's exactly how. With Lightstream, you can roll your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees. In fact, the application is 100% online, you might even get your money in your bank account as soon as the day that you apply. And just for my listeners, write this down, memorize this, apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Seska. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50 auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Seska for more information. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bob Seska. All time favorites all day long. seen your face now i see you again feels like yesterday it's like you let up a flame my feelings never changed do you feel the same feel the same real love is what we had all we had just real love nearly drove me mad drove me mad 
Oh yeah, this, this is isn't a, on a label. This isn't on a big label. This sounds like so like this is money. Oh right I know. Here. This sounds so good. Yeah, this is Davy Dacey, a song called Real Love. I got a link in the description to support uh, this song and all of Davy's work. Uh, under this episode at bobseska.com. Just scroll on down. Just go to this episode, find the title of the episode, scroll on down, and there it is. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're featuring exclusively black recording artists all April long. And uh, I think this one goes back to 2019 or something like that. I think that's when we first played it here. I was about to say, if this is a white guy singing like this, I'm totally threatened and jealous. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, lots of uh, lots more great uh, black recording artists here for uh, the rest of April. And again, links in the description to support all the bands. And uh, by the way, submit your music to bobseska.com slash music. Okay. I'm going to have my friend Les submit. Oh, great. Um, That'll be great. Excellent. Uh, all right. So during the uh, break, we talked a little bit about COVID. Apparently, your, uh, what, your lawn guy, David, has COVID? No, it's just a friend. Oh, okay. Uh, like, and he'll be okay. I'm just, I'm running on like a pulse oximeter over to him. Oh, all right. Um, when we all get right. done, I happen to I have, have one. I have one of those. I have one of those too. I mean, we haven't needed it, but I have one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it looks like everyone's getting COVID at this point. Nancy Pelosi tested positive. John Fugelsang tested positive yesterday. Merrick Garland has COVID. Adam Schiff has COVID. Matthew Broderick has COVID uh-huh. now. And, and uh, uh, I'm just like, Dudes, seriously, stop with the parties that aren't cocaine-filled. <laughs> well, society has decided that we will all get COVID now. Nope. And that's what's so distressing about this. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I know. I disagree. No, no, no. I'm so with you, but everyone else is going like, all right, well, everyone's got to get COVID because we've given up trying to stop it or to try to prevent it or mitigate it or anything. We're just letting it go. Well, it's the pandemic's over. Everyone's tired of the pandemic, Bob. <laughs> I know. Well, here's the thing. Society collectively decides whether to contain an outbreak or to allow the infection to spread to everyone. We were never helpless in the face of COVID until we decided to be. Some of us early on, very early on, spurred by Donald Trump uh, with the Liberate Michigan nonsense and all of that crap, and then the rest of us recently. So it's like, it's not like the virus has suddenly decided, well, now everyone's going to get it. No, we have decided. All right, since we're done with it, all of you people who haven't had it yet, you're going to get it now. And you're going to have to live with that. So suck it. That's the attitude. And that's what those of us who haven't had COVID yet are hearing. Those of us who have been recently exposed to it. Like John, you were saying about uh, John Fugelsang, David. Uh, he doesn't seem like a big coke field rager guy to me. <laughs> no. But maybe I'm wrong, you know? No, 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 no. John has been very careful. And for the last two years, John's been doing his Sirius XM show from his house. I know it because I see him every Wednesday night, you know, and he's there at his house. Uh, he has been extremely careful, but yet it has reached him. And I can only think that it's because folks have decided, nah, <laughs> why even bother anymore? Right. I guess the upside is that the symptoms are relatively mild. Um, yeah. My friend feels like shit. Yeah. He's like, I'm coughing razor blades. Like, it just, he's like, I, my, you know, fevers, brain fog. He does mm-hmm. not feel good. So. I mean, I'd like to think that those of us who are careful, and Jody, you're the most careful of anyone that I know. <laughs> 
I'd like I'm to think of them. that, that we're I'm eventually going to avoid it, but I feel like because the it looks rest- like they voted by the way that, that she's been voted in. Uh, oh, so Kentucky Jackson. 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 Are you sure? Yeah. I'm looking at C-SPAN and people are applauding. So. All right. Well, I guess that's it. That's history. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. That's Thank wonderful you. news. Wonderful news. Certainly an historic day. It's a, I mean, it's a colossal chunk of history right now being made today. And guess what? The Republicans are on the wrong side of it once again. Once again. What yeah, a shock. Yes, I yes, I am very safe with with the covids mm-hmm. and um I am going yeah, it just confirmed 5347 it should have been 100 to 0 and apparently Rand Paul finally showed up cuz he was missing for in action for mm-hmm. a <laughs> Um but uh poor Rand. Yeah, I, I was so worried. Super I was high. So so just, worried. Uh, dude, I couldn't make it to the floor. Well, hopefully uh, it was to go to the toupee high. store. Yeah, hopefully he was yeah. headed out to the toupee store. Well, so I he think he should <laughs> shave his head and donate the hair <laughs> for bad wigs. Um, but regardless, no, I'm, I'm getting... How many Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana wigs does the I, world really need? All, well, I do, actually. <laughs> I am doing sketch comedies now, so I need to do. I need. I'm doing sketches. I need bad wigs. Anyway, no. With with regard to my my booster, my second booster, yeah. which I was going to wait until the fall initially because I'm getting on a plane to go to Germantown. Germantown. Um, really? Here's a Germantown. That's right. You're coming here to Germantown. I am coming to Germantown. Oh, but, I want to come. Good time. I'll come up and see my dad. So <laughs> I. And we can I, do. We can do this in person. We can sit in tandem. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I was planning on waiting until like September for my fourth shot, but they are claimed that the word has it there will be a fifth shot in the fall, which I'm looking forward okay. to. Okay, yeah. Well, I've so got I was my. Gonna, <clears throat> okay. I was going to wait, but then I'm doing this thing in June for Lonnie for his cartoons, and it's going to be indoors. Oh boy, I swallowed bad. It's a cat hair. It's her revenge for me stepping on <laughs> toe. Here's the thing that I thought everybody knew. If you've got something in your throat and you can't cough it out, bend over and cough upside down. Yeah, gravity. Oh, that does work. Yeah, it does. It totally works. My mom taught me that when I was like two or something. And I see people (laughs) going, I just can't get this thing out of my throat. And I'm like, bend over and cough. And they're like, oh, wow. I'm just like, really? Magic. Magical gravity, huh? It is. Gravity's awesome. It's not just a good idea. (laughs) It's the law. It's not just for everybody, but it is. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, now we're going to this indoor thing in June in Palm Springs, which is like, you know, practically 100% vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But I figure, you know what, I'm going to get it in the next week or two because it's June. I'll be two months out from my fourth shot. My immunities will be super duper. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's I'm going to do it earlier than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And then um, I am going to go away from House of Pfizer to... House of Moderna. Traitor! Traitor! <laughs> Traitor! Mainly, mainly because it's highly recommended that you mix and match. I did. I, I got um, my, my fourth shot this morning. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't Dr. Uh, Redliner recommend that on Stephanie? He Shanta? recommended it and vaccines.gov are recommending if yeah. you if you were Moderna first, go Pfizer this time. Because mm-hmm. they both, as mRNA as they are, they both offer different things. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, initially I was like, I don't want to mix and match, but now it is being, even the J and J people, they're like, get your, get your third shot now. Um, and, and if you got Pfizer last time, get Moderna now, you know, whatever you got last time. I remember I was theorizing this like a couple months ago. I was like, I think it probably would be smart to 
change brands, but I don't know. Um, and then Chris Lavoie said he was just feeling a little ooky on Tuesday, and he's fine now. Ew. So. Yeah, I'm getting mine on uh, Sunday. I've got my fourth vaccination on Sunday. And number three, I did feel a little oogie. I felt fine for the first two. But number three, I did feel, I didn't feel sick, but I felt like I was almost going to get sick. You know that weird feeling in your throat Mm, and in your head? It's mm kind of soapy, that soapy feeling. That's what I felt like. Uh, And I hope this next one is more mild as far as those symptoms. Or it could end up being... uh, Horrible, and I'll have to miss thir- Tuesday's show. So well, <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. I had fatigue. It was a bit, yeah. it was weird. It started, I was like, I'm not tired, but my legs are tired. Oh, that's right. weird. And then it just kind of spread all over my whole body. And yeah, like, yeah. My 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 first shot, I was fine. Second mm-hmm. shot, I had a mild fever for about four hours. Yeah. And then the third shot, I had a mild fever again. Woke up at like two thirty in the morning. Oh, I have a fever. Took some aspirin. Mm-hmm. Went back to bed, and by the time I had to get up and walk, because I'm going to do it. Sure. Um, and I walked, actually, to get my third shot, mm-hmm. and I walked home. Um, so I was like, okay, I have a mild fever, took some aspirin. It was gone by the time I had to get up. That's as bad as it got for me. It was just a mild fever. Let's go back to the uh, Judge Jackson confirmation here Woo-hoo! a little bit. Um, this is, uh, again, just gigantic news, a huge uh, historical event in American history, and Republicans... And the VP was there to, to gavel it in and out. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. and as I predicted, uh, she was confirmed with Republican votes, so that's but three. The three that nice. said they were going to do it did. I, I was kind of hoping, like, Ben Sass might, or, yeah. you know, I don't know, retiring senators might. But right, no. right. Uh, even retiring. They're terrified of the red hats. That's it. it. They're just such, such cowards, such racists. Plus, now reporters, though, uh, are asking Republicans to define what a woman is. They walked, you know what? (laughs) The Republicans walked into this propeller themselves. No one forced them to. Just to give you an idea in terms of how fraught that question was, the Marsha Blackburn, can you define what a woman is question? Because it's all over the place. Not even the Republicans. Can you define can... what a hairbrush is, Senator? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really, about... like, what the fuck is going on on top of that woman's head? I mean, that's not even, out. like, southern big hair. That's just, <laughs> right. like, a fucking, like, giant spider, like, made of pipe cleaners. Like, what the fuck is happening to Marshall That's Blackbird's the name head? of the show. Giant spider made of pipe cleaners. That's um, funny because I was almost about to make the title of the show Crickets in a Bucket, but maybe we'll have to good. go with that one. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's up in the air. I'll have to decide David, later. what it is is it's the um, Coke-filled orgies with tallywhackers that Madison Cawthorn <laughs> likes to talk about. That's right. Mm-hmm. So here, let's compare and contrast some of the Republican responses to the same question as to what a woman is. So we know of Madison Cawthorn already, where he said, take notes, Madam Speaker, I'm about to define what a woman is for you. X chromosomes, no tallywhacker. It's so simple. But it's not so simple because there are women who don't have a second X chromosome. There are women who have a tallywhacker. These are things that I can't believe I'm saying tallywhacker. I like that word. Yeah. It's uh, not as personal as penis. We debunked all of this on Tuesday with Buzz. Meanwhile, you noticed jo- that he didn't throw working tallywhacker. <laughs> That's because, also true. Yeah, that is true. So Josh Hawley, meanwhile, was asked the same question. I'm so glad that someone from the Washington Post went around and started asking these guys. Josh Hawley's definition of a woman is as follows. Someone who can give birth to a child, 
a mother is a woman. Someone who has a uterus is a woman. It doesn't seem that complicated to me. I love how they finish with that statement as though it says a man who's never found a clitoris in his life, even though they're just so desperately confused. And then so when the reporter asked him whether a woman whose uterus has been removed via hysterectomy was still a woman, he appeared uncertain. This is Josh Hawley. And he said, yeah, well, I don't know. Would they? Oh my fucking God. What a dick. What an, what a phenomenal dick. But this is all to illustrate that they don't know what the answer is either. And meantime, they're no, going they like, don't. how dare Katanji Brown Jackson not answer this question? Yeah, right, because she didn't want to walk into the propeller that these three nimrods have. Meanwhile, we got uh, Marjorie Sporkfoot saying, well, this is an easy answer. We're a creation of God. We came from Adam's rib. God created oh, yeah. us with his hands. We may be the weaker sex. We are the weaker sex, she says, but we are our partner we are our husband's wife. Uh, so what the fucking fuckity fuck fuck? <laughs> so no mention of tally <laughs> Wall-eyed, ignorant, hillbilly c- I'm sorry. I just <laughs> wall-eyed. She is a fucking cunt from Countertown. I fucking <laughs> fucking McCarson from Countertown can fucking cut off. Thank you. Thank wow. you, Spicy Jody. Wow. <laughs> Spicy Jody. Holy shit. That's my favorite Jody. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to top you, David. I will say that. And Jody has it just is, yeah, successfully yeah. done it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can see. That's why she's my partner, because if she wasn't, she'd destroy me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Obviously, there is no one answer to this question, this ridiculous question. But the other thing, the other dimension to all of this is uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson has been confirmed despite the fact that Republicans have spent the last few weeks coupling her to child porn. It's not even a whisper campaign. They're just basically saying that if you're only casually following politics, your takeaway is going to be brand new justice on the Supreme Court and child porn. The first black woman to ever appear on the Supreme Court child porn that's Uh the whole idea that's the strategy that's how nefarious they are about this however what they're also doing is distracting from the fact that there are myriad republicans who have been convicted for child sexual assault child pornography dennis hastert yeah mark uh what was his name mark mark foley yeah. Mark Foley. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about uh, 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 Jim Jordan. What's his name from Alabama? Right. Uh, that what's his, what was his name? He was running for Senate, and he thank God he lost to Doug Jones. Um, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Moore. Sh- shit, yeah, Roy Moore. Roy Moore. Yeah. Um, There's also George Nader. Matt Nad- Gates. Matt Gates with George Nader, who's now serving 10 years in prison for transporting a child into the country for sex and possessing child pornography. Donated thousands of dollars to Donald Trump. And right now on my screen is a photograph of Donald Trump standing with this person, George Nader. Let's see who else. Former Kentucky Judge Tim Nolan, who served as a Trump delegate and ballot observer, who was charged with Josh multiple, Duggar. yeah, multiple yes. human trafficking offenses after an investigation found that he had a pattern of paying minors and adults for sex. In some cases, <laughs> recording them. 
There was Republican State Senator Ralph Shorty, Trump's Oklahoma campaign chair, convicted of child sex trafficking since 15 years. Ben Gibson, a 2020 Republican congressional candidate from Louisiana who lost his election in November and got arrested in December on four counts of pornography involving juveniles under the age of 13. Trump Commerce Department official Adam Hagman, 25, has been held since last November, accused of sharing child pornography and commenting several times on sexually abusing children. Uh, the list goes on and on. As you were mentioning, uh, Mark Foley, Denny Haster, Roy Moore, yeah. Matt Gates, uh, Jim Jordan, etc. You know, we we could bring in uh, uh, Cliff Schechter and he could tell us he's probably got a bunch day. more. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned Cliff there. Cliff Schechter, fan of Faster Pussycat. That's right. Who I, I never expected that. I never. <laughs> we learned this week that Cliff Schechter is a fan of Faster Pussycat. I always imagined him. I figured him as kind of like a Huey Lewis slash Yacht Rock kind of guy. But <laughs> I guess I'm underestimating no, his music there's days. something very punk rock about Cliff <laughs> Well, I yes, you're exactly right. I feel uh, I, I feel the need for that correction. Thank you. But you mentioned Josh Duggar too. How many pictures yeah. have we had with Republicans posing with fucking Josh Duggar? For God's yeah. sake, there's no one who's more guilty out of this entire list than Josh Duggar. For fucking God's sake, Duggar, the disgusting yeah. creep. So and you then can, the people that are trying to tell you that LGBTQ people are predators. Right. And that if you support or if you're against the don't say gay law, you're a groomer. And I'm just, uh -huh. you guys don't want to play this with us. Because uh -huh. we fended this shit off in the 70s and the 80s when they were saying that queers were fucking child molesters. Mm -hmm. And we had to, we will fucking burn you down if you come for us. I just, I'm so sick of this shit. And I've already been, I keep thinking about that 83-year-old woman I saw on the news last night yeah. in Ukraine. That they were, She was like, you know, I went through the war when I was three. She's like, I don't want to do this again. She's mm -hmm. like, I just want to die in peace. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, we will fight this. I mean, don't, you guys are like, you're really, really on thin ice right now. I mean, I just... Yeah. Well, Chris Hayes last night was saying something that was both salient and terrifying, which is that this is the kind of talk, specifically what you're discussing, David, this is the kind of thing that proceeds like a genocide. This it is does. what happens before there's some form of ethnic cleansing, like yep. making people out to be the worst possible thing there is with no evidence whatsoever, no legitimate correlation here. And it starts with the first black woman Supreme Court nominee who is now a member of the United States Supreme Court. Woohoo! Yeah, but that's how they started this. That's the road yeah. they started to go down. In fact, well, it didn't, that's not how it started. It actually started with Q. Yeah. And what is it? The, the latest polls show a majority of Republicans believe that Democrats are made up of uh, child predators. Is that... Is that the latest number? That's the word that we're getting? We have to remember, though, as much as we hate that word, majority of Republicans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People that identify like as Republicans are a very, very small number of people, thank God. I mean, uh, most of my friends that were in, were in college back in the 80s um, <laughs> that were Republicans, like my friend James and, and yeah. my, my high school friend and all the others, they are Bob Dole Republicans mm -hmm. at worst yep you know and and i mean it's it's like i mean you look at goldwater 
Yeah. He would be a fucking Democrat now. Yeah, Stephanie's talked about that at length. I mean, that's something that uh, is almost a foregone conclusion. In fact, Ronald Reagan might be a Democrat. Well, yeah, I mean, well, he was. Part of the Overton became, window has moved, yeah. Well, I mean, Ronald Reagan was a Democrat before he met Nancy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, uh, old Ronald, you know, before... Mm-hmm. Before the before the governorship and shit, he was not a bad mm. guy. But granted, I mean, he would he and Barry Goldwater would be the, the Joe Mansions maybe of our party at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think so. I think that's you fair. know mm. it, it, they'd be that we wouldn't like them, but you know they give us a, a majority in the Senate kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got some great news. We have some great news to get to here before we wrap up the show, uh, and this has to do with justice coming for Donald Trump. I mean, this is phenomenal news. In fact, if it, if, it, mm. if it hadn't been for Eric, we probably would have led with this story or these several stories. Let's yeah. uh, take a short break and come back and talk about all of that uh, here in, uh, in just a second before we uh, wrap up our Thursday show. But in the meantime, if you're pissed off at cable news and the other very serious political analysts these days, here's an outstanding way to support independent media, specifically this podcast. For just $5 per month, you can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. That's how it works. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday shows. You can also get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each and every show. You can get all of that for just $5 per month, just pennies per show. So don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Bob Seska plays more music. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> incredible. Like that. There's heavy metal, and then there's like heavy platinum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so big at that low end. Yep, like, this is uh, the great Keenan Bloxon. I bet you didn't expect this genre of music uh, on our uh, April playlist. But this is a song called If You Only Knew. Link in the description under this episode to support Keenan Bloxon and all of our independent recording artists here in the show. BobSuska.com slash music to submit. Okay, getting back into things here. Wonderful news to report. The DOJ is allegedly investigating Donald Trump's document theft. Good. This is the National Archives story. These are the boxes of documents that Trump absconded with after uh, he left the White House. And we can only assume because Trump gives us no reason to give him the benefit of the doubt, 
that he had intended to sell those documents, to somehow profit off of those documents. Donald Trump does everything that he wants for money. I mean, everything that he does is for the payoff somehow. The House Oversight Committee Chair, Carolyn Maloney, a Democrat from New York, is alleging that the Department of Justice is obstructing the panel's investigation into former President Donald Trump by blocking the National Archives from handing over relevant documents. And I think the reason that's happening is because they are investigating that matter themselves. Uh, This according to the Washington Post. Now, the downside to this story is the fact that this has leaked about the DOJ plans to investigate this document theft. The fact that this has leaked doesn't bode well for a Trump 1-6 investigation because you would think that would leak too. If DOJ was actively investigating what Donald Trump had to do with the insurrection, which is everything, by the way, we would have heard about it because we've heard about I this. I don't know. I'm with okay. David. I think yeah. you're going a little far out over your skis. All there. right. All yeah. right. Well, t- tell me. I'm with then, David tell me. On tell that. me. how then? What? What do you? This saw? might be a, a planned leak. Okay. Well, that yeah, could be. And yeah. I just, you know, the the evidence of absence is never the or the absence of evidence is never the evidence of absence. I yeah. Mean, you just yeah. can't like right. say like it doesn't. There's. I don't see why these things would be mutually exclusive. I necessarily. agree. Well, I'm I just agree. saying, and my theory Remember has, that What's-His-Face was a, uh, from the Proud Boys or whatever? Yeah. We didn't even know he was being investigated, and then all of a sudden he was indicted. Yeah, and, and obviously, they're, you know, they could be keeping a tighter lid on a Donald Trump investigation. Yeah. But this Donald Trump investigation, they're not, which is weird. That's a weird disparity. I think it's, I think it's different because as much as we think that it's obvious for January 6th mm-hmm. with Donald Trump... We know he took the fucking oh, yeah. shit yeah. to Mar-a-Lago. That's different, I think, than okay. we we know that he did it versus we know. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. In fact, uh, it's like the difference between naked and naked. Yes. <laughs> you know, like okay. naked well, is sense. not having clothes on and naked is not having clothes on and you're up to something. Yeah. Yes. yes. Exactly. Well, they asked yeah. an FBI spokeswoman who told the Post, quote, we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of an investigation. But someone who was operating under the condition of anonymity told the Washington Post that, yeah, we're looking into this document theft matter. And and my only question is, why hasn't some other person operating under the condition of anonymity brought to someone in the press, uh, the Washington Post or New York Times or whatever, to say, oh, yeah, and we're also looking into this or, oh, that other group is because they don't want it. They don't want to. Okay, the part of the reason I think and I think Allison Gill is on my side on this and a few other people. Part of the reason that we don't know that, that Mark Meadows has yet to be indicted for his contempt of Congress Mm -hmm. is he might be a target for the DOJ. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. For something way bigger than contempt of Congress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you don't indict a target unless he's really, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I haven't planted my flag on this opinion. I mean, I'm not prepared to die on this hill in particular. This is just my spitballing when I saw this story. I was like, well, if this leaked, why doesn't the other thing leak? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm not looking for things to complain about, I assure you. I'm just, it was a weird disparity to me, but that kind of, what, what you guys said kind of explained it. Well, meantime, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Letitia James and our, uh, Scott Dworkin an hour ago. Yeah. Letitia James asked a judge to hold tr- Donald, 
in contempt for refusing to turn yes. over documents and fine him $10,000 a day. Hi, Alex Jones, who finally showed up a day until he complies. Well, you got it. That's the next thing I was going to talk Mommy about. Mommy loves that. Yep, this is a big news. Uh, that we, I think this dropped right before the show started. Yeah, it did. Yeah, the AG's office says in a court filing that Trump is in violation of a court order to give her investigators the documents by March 31st. Yeah, it says here, New York Attorney General Letitia James asked a judge Thursday to hold former President Donald Trump in contempt of court for refusing to comply with an order to turn over documents for her investigation of his company. James also asked the judge, oh, this is great, exactly what you said, Jody, uh, asked the judge to fine Trump $10,000 for every day he fails to surrender those documents. It's a light- Alex Jones finally showed up yesterday. Oh, did he really? I wonder how many thousands of dollars he had to pay. $75,000, I believe, is the <laughs> fine. <laughs> Suck it, Alex. See, there's me being shrill. I just want to, if you were looking for no. an example of me being shrill, that was. Well, it's a little shrill, but um, Eric is laughing. <laughs> right. Yes. I know he is. Yeah. So that's. Also great news, and we'll watch that one very, very carefully. Meantime, the 1-6 committee will reportedly seek testimony from Trump himself. Uh, Yeah, also good news. We'll be talking about the likelihood of a Trump interview in the not-too-distant future, said Benny Thompson Hmm. on Thursday while speaking to a reporter. Mr. Thompson's statement regarding the possibility that the panel would seek to interview the former president comes on the heels of his declaration that he would consider heeding such a request. Interesting. In an interview with the Washington Post, Mr. Trump said he would make a decision based on, quote, what the request is. Mr. Thompson called the former president's answer, interesting, in quotes, and said Mr. Trump would have no trouble understanding what such an interview would entail for him, obviously. And by the way, just as a side note on the 1-6 committee, Ivanka has been testifying for several hours and has not invoked any privilege. This was yesterday. This is according to Benny Thompson. She's not overly chatty, he said, but she's broadly cooperating. So there you go. And... Wait, there's still more. More dings. Wait, there's more. More dings. <laughs> uh, Truth Social continues to crash and burn. And as you know, we have, we have the official sound of the Truth Social servers. There they go. Oh, it's crashing. Another crash. <laughs> it's always the fart noise. Like I can totally hold it together right until it goes... <laughs> I just lose it every time. Well, of course, the truth social. Play it so. again. Play it again. Okay. <laughs> play it again. Yay! Oh, poor truth social. <laughs> Trump has privately fumed about Truth Social's failure to attract a sizable audience since its launch in February, according to the Washington Post, which cited an unnamed source. The source also told the Post that the former president is now considering joining Getter, a competitor to Truth Social that claims it is founded on the principles of free speech. But don't make fun of Trump. They'll ban you. Citing its source, the outlet reported that Trump has been holding back from posting on True Social because he doesn't believe the app is, quote, ready for prime time. (laughs) 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 Uh, So much fun watching this story. Uh, Oh, and, and hey, this is also fun to see this. 
Uh, Devin Nunes went on uh, Fox Business. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, told Lando. Oh, indeed. <laughs> yeah, went on uh, Fox Business, told Lando's co-pilot that Twitter is a ghost town since Truth <laughs> Social launched. And while he said it, they showed Twitter's steady as a rock stock ticker. So utterly delusional. But the lesson here is, much like Vladimir Putin in Russia with the Russian people, if you have a bubble audience, you can feed that bubble any amount of bullshit and they'll yeah. suck it down like Coca-Cola. It's an amazing thing to observe and so intensely frustrating. And whether it's happening on the Republican side, the Fox News bubble, or what's happening in Russia, it's the same goddamn thing. Uh, True Social has seen its downloads, by the way, plunge so low that it has fallen off the App Store charts. <laughs> The company is losing investors, executives, and attention. Yeah. Uh, and though his adult sons just joined, Trump himself hasn't posted there <laughs> in weeks. Oh, my God. This is so, yeah. Oh, there it is again. It's crashing again through social. Save your work. <laughs> <laughs> you can't imagine how much fun I had putting that together. I love that. That is fantastic. By the way, um, Lindsey Graham did not wear a tie today, so he had to vote his no from the cloakroom. <laughs> Something makes me think Lindsey Graham's familiar with uh, being in the cloakroom. Yeah, did somebody have to knock a dick out of his mouth? <laughs> or as he calls Oh, my it- God. Speaking of that, oh, my God. Did you see Stephen Colbert? No. What did Colbert do? Oh my God. So they, he does kind of like what my mom used to do before they tape. He'll, I mean, my mom did this live. She would take questions. Take, so he takes questions when they're not taping, like when they're doing a change or whatever they're doing. Right. Yeah. So some kid was, hi, I'm a college student. He went, hi, college student. Um, <laughs> what would you say to Donald Trump about Putin? And he said, how does his dick taste in your mouth? I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Nice. It's on the Twitter. Find it. Live it. Love it. Because Stephen Colbert is everybody's brain. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> he is. I didn't. He actually was on my mom's special uh, a few years ago, and I did not get to meet him because they went to New York for it. But I, I would so fangirl on him. <laughs> yeah, living he's legend. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's fine. He's funny, and he's actually practices his Catholic faith. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yep. And so uh, he won't wear a condom, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, he has a lot of children, um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know if he practices that much of the he's a catholic like my dad was dad did have 11 children so there's that Mm. he is a next level genius and of course uh as i was saying before lindsey graham very familiar with the cloakroom or as we might call it the closet which spends a lot of time in the lindsey come come to the light side we will embrace you you will be no we will not embrace (laughs) no he will be you know what david once he is out he will be a happier better individual yes he will go to his grave in the closet. That's sad. It is that's very, very is. sad. Yeah. That's sad. Shame. I feel it's for too him, bad. That's sad. That's too sad. Bad. That's too bad. That's and all he's got I feel is like he deserves whatever awful shit happens to him for that. Oh all no, he, God will God will smite him for it. But it is sad. All he has are the coke orgies. Yes. Yeah. That's where he left <laughs> his jacket. With, that's why. With tallywhackers. That's right. He left his jacket at last night's coke orgy, and that's why he didn't have it today. 
So there you go. I have answers for everything. That's why uh, That's why you listen. That's why you subscribe to the podcast. I've got all the solutions. All right. Uh, <laughs> still third act of today's show. Still to come. It's called The Shadow Docket. We say that ironically. We say that with a wink. We're not honoring the idea of a shadow docket, by the way. Just say. It's all happening on our Patreon page, $5 a month. And by the way, if you're sick of the commercials on the show, sign up at $15 a month. We take out all the commercials for you. We give you the shadow docket as part of the free show. So you get an hour and a half all in one big chunk as it's recorded. And not only that, you get the after party on Fridays too. I mean, that's... Don't answer yet. Yeah. We'll also include a picture of Bob in his underwear, an 8x10 glossy, personalized to you. And don't forget about the refrigerator sex. It's also there. <laughs> How much would you pay now? <laughs> but wait, still more. All right, uh, Shadow Docket coming up next. Still lots of stuff to talk about here. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. I don't know. I'm not even bothering to look on my list here. Just saying it's going to be a fun show. Or it might not be. I don't know. You'll have to find out. You'll have to go to our Patreon page, bobsuskashow.com, sign up, and and find out whether the Shadow Docket is even worth listening to. See, I'm such a good salesman. Take care, folks. We might even get in a fight. (laughs) Bye. <laughs> Strand. Strand. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs>